the purpose of this, uh, this message, A New Normal Part Two, is to say to every believer that when you don't fit in, that's not a, always a bad thing. And, and also that you are not supposed to get your marching orders from the world or the world system. You're not to, to do that. Christianity has been so, uh, quote unquote, polluted in the sense, not truly, you know, the true Christianity, but outwardly that sometimes Christians don't know what God's rules are and what God demands of us. Sometimes they don't know, they're conflicted. And I would not be telling the truth if I told you I've never been conflicted. I have been conflicted and, and I've, I've asked Jesus to help me so that I'm not conflicted, that I don't want to compromise because this seems like a special case. And, and we know there's one standard and it's for everybody always. And so that's just what I wanted to share with you that God is demanding more of us in these days. Uh, now, his, his demands have always been there, but those of us on whom the ends of the ages have come, there's a, a requirement that we be the light, that we shine forth as the light of God and without compromise that we be strong in the Lord. Uh, and and more, more and more as we see this evil day approaching, and I don't, I don't think it's approaching anymore. I think we're there. And, uh, and so what I, I believe my responsibility is to tell you the truth of God, and when you get tired of it, tell you some more. Uh, it's like telling your children. You don't get tired of t telling your children the right thing to do. You, or, or if you do, you're a bad parent. You go, I'm just going to let you go. No, you're a bad parent, man. No, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go. No, 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 no. We, we, we gonna, there may be some whipping going on, and I won't be getting whipped, but I'm not going to let you go. That's how that works. And so, so as good parents and people of God, let's do what Jesus wants. We don't, it doesn't matter. The world is passing away, uh, but you and I, uh, are, are, are going to abide forever. So we, don't, we should not be taking orders from those who, entities who, that are passing away Amen. and those that are corrupt. And so this is why this new normal, all right? Uh, I gave this word in, in uh, Kingsville a few nights ago. Let me give it to you. I didn't it in the first service, but this is good for you. It says, in this day, the church will experience great change and challenge. There will be some among us fighting for the old ways of compromise and conformity. There will be some even among us that will be fighting for the old ways of compromise and conformity. Let's, let, let, let's go along so we can get along. No, no, no. But we're not going to be mean about it. We're going to lovingly do what God says and continue to do what God says. That's, that's what this message is about. So let me give you a, a definition that you've heard several times. Uh, you know, just to prove that, that I, I was, I was uh, pretty uh, 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 good at giving a direction and clear about it, uh, who, is, who will tell me what normal is? Just shout it out for me. God's standard. Man, I tell you what, he's only 6'6", six, six six, six, and he got it right. God's standard. 
God's standard. That, that's simp simply put, God's standard. You could also say conforming to the standard, but God's standard. Yeah, that which is not abnormal, also standing at a right angle. And, uh, you know, the cross is, it shows you this. The cross is God's plumb line, but it is also God's normal in the sense that Jesus had everything right with God. Therefore, he had everything right with his fellow man. And that's what that looks like. That's normal. It's, it's, uh, it's a... Uh, it makes a right angle. It's like, so I can, if, if I'm straight with God, that means that here, I, I'm sitting at a 90 degrees. 90 degrees on here, 90 degrees here. And so that, what that means is that my direction is 180 degrees from the world. So if I'm 180 degrees from the world, I'm never, we're never going to, as it were, intersect. We're not going to intersect. I'm not going to compromise. So you, God doesn't want us to compromise. And I'm going to tell you, some of, these, some of these pressures that are on us sort of will make you want to compromise. You, see, you may look at me like, uh, not me. Hey, all of us, all of us. Paul talks about, oh, I see I'm going off. I'll, I promise I'll, I'll get better. I don't know when, but I'll get better. You know, you know, you know, you know, Paul talks about having been delivered from the lion's mouth. You know, you've heard that expression in the scripture. I, w I was studying one day and, and I, I read, I don't remember who it was, but I, whoever it was I was studying uh, in one of those commentaries said that being delivered from the lion's mouth is not just an ordinary, quote unquote, ordinary deliverance. It, it seems to have been some special satanic attack that would make you uh, cower in fear. Um, cower in fear. Cower in fear. Um, I, I, I met a young man who, who had done that, but he repented of it. He so, he so repented of it. He, some, some people who, some terrorists, had grabbed, had grabbed hold of him and, and, and asked him if he belonged to their group or not. And, and he, he said, uh, he, he said uh, and they said, are you, are you one of those Christians? And he, and he said, they were getting ready to kill him. And he said, no, no, I'm not one. And he said he just vehemently uh, denied that he was a Christian. And so they said, well, we'll let you go. And as he was going down the road, he said, God, please forgive me. Uh, I was just too scared. You know, and I think there's a, a point that somebody might do that, but I don't want to ever do that. Uh, you know, because, you, you know, the, the being delivered from the lion's mouth is say, like saying you are delivered from the, the most fierce attack of the enemy and that even his best punch will not make you uh, deny the Lord. So, so we, we won't be strong unless, uh, as Jesus says, men ought to always pray and never lose heart so that we have the heart of God constantly being, as it were, poured into us so we, we are always strong. We don't have lapses of strength. And this evil day, when you, you can't, if you turn on the TV and you don't hear a lie in the first few seconds, you, you don't have your TV on. <laughs> you, you know? It is the most horrendous thing that I have seen. And I see Christians who uh, clench their jaws and act like it's wrong. The Lord called me to this day. He called me to this hour. I'm, I'm all off script. But the Lord called me to this hour. I know he called me to this hour. And, and uh, he called me to speak a word to, to, to this generation. And this is what we do. So church is not, uh, as I said earlier, uh, just... Uh, great change and challenge or 
compromise and conformity. We are not going to compromise. The true church of Jesus is not going to compromise. That's all. Okay. So, so I'm going to ask you this question. I've asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again. What is normal and who defines normal? We've talked about normal, what it is. And who defines it? You and I are interacting with the world every day. But who defines it? Does your culture? You know, we've said, we've said multiple times that, that, um, that we are not American Christians. Now, that offended some people. But I, I'm, I'm saying this full-throated. I, I love America. And if you would have seen us when we were kids, we, we stood for the national anthem at the house, not just public. And I asked people who criticized, have you ever done that? But we, re we quote-unquote, religiously stood up and, and hands to the side. And if the flag was blowing anywhere, we went. You know, you can't get stronger than that. But culture does not define us. I am not an American Christian. I'm a Christian who lives in America. And, 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 so, and, and so, nor do social scientists, and I, I applaud them for what they have done well, but they do not define what normal is for us. Politicians, they don't even know what they, the lie they told. I'm not saying every politician is a liar, but they don't know what the lie they told yesterday. So how can they define what's normal? Those who want their agenda. But what about God's agenda? So do, the, do you let them? Or, now, this is, this is a big one. Do you let pastors? Pastors who have an agenda of their own? But those who say, my, God's agenda is my agenda. What I used to say, I used to say, God, I, and I would pray, God, I don't have an agenda. And one day he corrected me and said, you do have one. It's just not your personal one. So, so my agenda is to do what God says. When I open this Bible, I want to do what God is saying. And sometimes I've cried. I've cried to obey God. Have you ever cried? Did God, has God ever told you to do something, to, to go ask somebody for forgiveness perhaps, and they were the ones, they were the perpetrators, and they had done all this evil? And he says, you go and apologize. Oh, Jesus, I didn't want to. I wanted to disobey. And I, with tears in my eyes, I said, I will do it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know you're wrong. And now, now some of you are looking and, and at me, but uh, if, you're, if you're in a, a marriage, marriage, you've had to say, I'm sorry. When, when either you weren't wrong or you didn't feel like you were wrong. There's <laughs> a song that says, I think there's a line in one of these songs, what does love have to do with it, I think? Is that right? <laughs> but, but, but what does feeling have to do with it? You, you say you're wrong. And, and what it does is it, it causes the death of yourself. Amen. You die to yourself. And so God says, say I'm sorry. God didn't say, say I was wrong necessarily, but he said, say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And something of you die. That old self-will thing dies. So that's why God does those things. He's an amazing God. I'm talking about normal things. You know, um, 
a new normal, what God is requiring of us. Let's look at Jeremiah 31, 31, and I'm going to just read that, and I'm not going to go to some of the other scriptures, but let me read 31, 31. So God talks to Jeremiah like this. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming. So in Jeremiah's days, these days were coming, but now they're here. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them, listen, by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. And so what God is saying is they were unfaithful to me. When I started to read the prophets, and I've been reading the prophets a lot in the last uh, maybe 12, 14 months, uh, reading the prophets over and over and over and over, and I find that Israel was adulterous. They were just nasty. And God had taken them by the hand and led them out of bondage. But they are a picture of all of us. It's a picture of all of us. I love what one of our brothers said. Uh, he is, he, he is uh, uh, by natural birth, he's, he's Jewish by, you know, naturally and uh, spiritually. But he said, he said, do you see what God did to all his favorite people? <laughs> he said, how would you like to be the favorite? <laughs> but God did show us who we were through them. An amazing picture. So then he tells us to obey his voice, obey, 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 obey. Now let's go to verse 33. He says, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after the, those days, says the Lord. Now listen to what God says. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so what God says, I'm going to handle, I'm going to deal with even the seat of your thinking and, and your emotions. I'm going to deal with you thoroughly. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to change you from the inside out. So it's not just turning over a new leaf or making a New Year's resolution. No, God's going to cause a revolution in you. That's what God is doing. So the new normal is a revolutionary person, not with, with guns and, and knives and swords, but with the Word of God with a changed lifestyle, something that you can say, God did this, no man can. This is what God is doing in us, in, in the midst of us. You and I have a, a marvelous opportunity, a marvelous opportunity to be a part of this great change because when Jesus comes, the door is going to be closed. When Jesus comes, there's not another opportunity. So why should we gamble? Why should we throw dice? for these things, hoping for a lucky hit. Listen, don't do that. Listen what he says. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. And how does he accomplish that? He accomplishes that by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Every believer, every believer, and I know it's, I, I can get some pushback, and it's okay if you push back on this. They just don't go teach something wrong. You can give me pushback, but every believer has to have the Holy Spirit. Every believer. Every believer. Why do I say that? Because if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. So even that baby has the Holy Spirit. That baby Christian must have the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah. This is amazing. So God has done some things for us that are undeniably God. They're undeniably God. He's done some things for us. He says, so he gives us the Holy Spirit. And listen to what he says. I will forgive their iniquity. Every misdeed that they have done or said, things they have spoken. And I'm not asking you to raise your hands, your hand. But, but you know, every one of us has said something with our mouths that we should not have said. Every one of us. As the old preacher said, from the pulpit to the door. I'd never forget that. Listen to what he says. For I will take you from among the nations. He did that for Israel, and he's done that for us. Gather you out of all countries, and I will bring you into your own land. He will bring us into a place of safety, even his sanctuary, even into this particular people group. He says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. Now, I will. You shall be, be clean as a result of what I do. This is the, the new normal. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and, and, and from all your idols. Or he, you could say it, I will cleanse you from all your filthiness. I will cleanse you from all your idols. Verse 26, I will give you a new heart. Listen at, at this, this divine initiative. See, we are the result of a divine initiative. It did not start with us. It did not start in the earth. It started with God, a divine initiative. Listen, I will give you a new heart. So you and I do not have Jeremiah's 17 heart. You know, I imagine any, almost all of us probably have quoted Jeremiah 17. It says, the, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And, and so well, this is a new covenant. This is not the old desperately wicked heart. Who can know it? I don't have a desperately wicked heart. My conscience is, is, is like on a, a pinhead. <laughs> is yours like that? Don't, you may not, don't, may not want to answer. You know, whatever I say or do, I, I, I just arise in the bed at night. I can't sleep. So I said, God, forgive me. Did I do something wrong? Sometimes I didn't do anything wrong. He just says, I, I want to make you more aware of, of how close you were to the precipice. And somebody may say, well, I, I don't believe in that. Well, this is the new normal, yes. that I cannot sin and enjoy it. I cannot sin and make excuses for it. No, 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 because he says, I will give you a new heart. And then he says, I will put a new spirit within you. And in my Bible, it doesn't capitalize spirit here in the New King James. He says, I'll, I'll put a new spirit in you. What he, I believe what he is saying is that your spirit man now will be revived, made alive. Why? Let's see what he says. He says, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. That means something pliable, not hard-hearted. No, soft heart, pliable. That's what that means. And then notice here, we, we've come to God now saying, forgive me of my sins. Please, Jesus, accept me. And God is saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do for you. Uh, now, we came and asked for forgiveness. And he said, I'm going to do all these things for you. And he's enumerating them here. Listen, I will put my spirit within you. This is huge. You and I are not people with a spirit. Yeah, we have a spirit, but we have the spirit of God. He says, I will give you my spirit. 
my spirit. So God, God is spirit. So God can't give you a piece of himself. He has to give you all of himself. Yeah. That's what that looks like. What a privilege. This, this, the writer says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Wow. I will put my spirit within you. No, no, he's not finished. I will cause you to walk in my statutes. I know there's teaching going around that you can do this and do that, and then you've got all this strength, and you can just wield it like it's your own personal strength. And No, he says, I'm, I'm going to do that by my indwelling spirit, by the Holy Spirit. I, the old folks, when I grew up, they had the Holy Ghost, you know, yeah. The Holy Spirit is within you. And what, I will cause you to walk in my statue. You'll start to do right every time, all the time. And you will keep my judgments and you will do them. Verse 28, then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people. And this we says, as a result of you coming to me, asking for forgiveness, I'm going to do all these things. And listen, and then you're going to dwell where I have you to dwell. You're going to dwell in me. Jesus Christ is my dwelling place. The, the, the house of God, that God himself is my dwelling place. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. You shall be my people. Not might be your people. You shall be my people. I will be your God. I will deliver you from all uncleanliness. This is what God promises for every saint of God. He, he will not leave you like you are. He will not leave you like you are. And you and I are in a place where he says, I am going going to do this. I call these the I wills of God. I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanliness. And, and I think you, I think, I think all of us can say yes and amen to that, that God will do that for us. And now let me go quickly through these and, and uh, forgive me. Some of these days I, I've promised that I'm going to sit up here. We're going to sit up here, put a sofa up here, and we're going to answer all your questions or as many as we can. Because of what the Father has done uh, for us through Jesus Christ, we now have a kingdom normal. We don't have to wonder what it is. We have it. Since it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, so we have to and must possess this new normal, not where we get our instructions from the world system. We don't get our instructions from the world system. We don't at all get our, we are to correct the world's problems. We are to be um, the polar opposite of the world so that when the world sees us, they know something's wrong. That's what God is, is, is. And God is light. So, so because of our conduct, our lifestyle, whenever we are with people, they start to feel uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable around you. It's not because something's wrong with me. Are you still with me? All right. Okay. So, hallelujah. So we must possess this new, new normal and not copy the world's ways and standards. Our lives must be a display of heaven. This is what God wants us to display heaven, not in some hypocritical way, you know, I'm better than you are, hallelujah, glory, hey, hallelujah. No, that's not normal. But our lives must display heaven, must be a display of heaven. Heaven's normal, heaven's normal. We can bring the norms of God to bear upon anything in our sphere. And this is what God wants us to do. Just because you are there, you are a difference maker. 
difference maker. I want to say this is a little bit of a feather in my cap, but not in my hair, but in my cap. Uh, I remember working, I, I, this is just the best example I've got, was, this came to me very quickly. I worked for a company, uh, you know, I, I went back to work after I got here and, and some things I was working, uh, I was pastoring and I had to work for a little while to make sure that I, our debts were paid and stuff and so forth, my personal debts. And so uh, I was working for this company and, and I walked in and the executive to the owner said to me, you know, I was explaining something. I don't remember the, the, what I was explaining. And she said to me, because uh, normally it's always a, a Don Lavelle apology, and I'm talking. And she said, no. She said, since you have been here, our business has really taken off. We think it's because we hired you. I didn't say, I'm, I'm not telling you I'm so great. I, you can ask. I ask, hey, am I doing it right? <laughs> no, I'm always asking that. But said, because we hired you, we, that's when our business took off. We believe it was because of you. You were a pastor, a new young pastor who needed a job, and it didn't fit our protocols, but we gave you that job. And since then, this thing shot off. They became very, 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 very well off. I, I tell you that because that is not Don Lavelle. That's you too. That's each one of us. Things ought to be better because we're there, because the light of God is there. The life of God is there. The standard of God is there. The rule of God is there. Amen. Amen. So I'm, 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 I'm drawing to a close. Drawing, drawing, I'm really drawing to a close. Now, we want to we take the norms of God and bring them to, to bear upon every, uh, our sphere, every place where we are, it ought to be better because we're there. And, and uh, our conduct and our language must be different. Our conduct and our language must be different. Even when you are wrong, and this has been the tough one for me, uh, is that I told you that I, I've always been able to handle insult or injury, but not the compound. I'm just being honest with you. I just couldn't handle insult and injury at the same time. I just couldn't. I, just, I don't know if it was that East Texas thing in me or what. I don't know, but I couldn't do it. Some of y'all looking at me like, oh, you always could. And so the Lord said, I want you to handle both insult and injury. And I'm, gonna, I'm requiring of you to take the, the high road in every situation. I'm saying, Jesus, come on. Some of these people need to be told off. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm not talking about y'all at all. Just people in the community, you know. I said, they need to be told off. He said, I don't want you to do that. I said, yes, sir. And there have been a lot of times with tears in my eyes, I've obeyed. I've disobeyed a whole lot. I've disobeyed enough for t 10 lifetimes. I never want to disobey again, but I've obeyed. And I'm telling you what is presented to you as the people of God is obedience to God. It doesn't matter whether you agree, you obey God. You live out this life for God. This is what he said. And now he says, let no corrupt. This is Ephesians 4.29. It says, let no corrupt communication or word proceed out of your mouth. Nothing corrupt. Nothing nasty. Nothing harsh and evil. He said, but what is good for necessary, now listen, necessary, necessary edification 
So when you and I are in the same sphere, we're occupying, the, as it were, the same space, he said, don't say anything ugly to him. He didn't say, defend yourself. He said, say nothing ugly because it's necessary that you edify, that you build up, that you build up, you build up. And it says, why? That it may impart grace to the hearers. May impart grace. You and I, we know that Jesus is that fountain of grace, but you and I have become also grace fountains. We are grace fountains, fountains of grace. Yeah. I remember Catherine O'Hagan used to always say, I'm a trophy of his grace. Yeah, I'm also a fountain. That I, because I can impart something to somebody who doesn't have it. When people act bad, they need grace. And I can give it to them. That's the new normal. That's part of it. We'll keep talking about it. I want to ask you before I sit, if you want, I want you to come to Jesus today. If you're here, and uh, as my wife says, there's no idle thought. So if you think about, well, should I, should I, that's God moving on you. And uh, I, I want to come back in just a minute, and I'm going to ask you to the Lord. If you'll come, give your heart to Jesus. Listen, you may say, well, I'm too bad for Jesus. You ain't too bad for Jesus. I mean, Jesus took on the sin of the whole world. And Jesus is the only perfectly righteous person who's ever been here. And he wants to save you. And he wants you to be a part of his eternal kingdom. So I'm going to ask you, I want you to think about it. And I want your answer to be, yes, I'm coming to Jesus just as I am. And let him fix me. All right? We're going to do that. And the elders are going to come in just a minute. Sister Steph. <laughs> 